you yahoos, listen up. This is Sailor Steve Costigan, and you're listening to the Cromcast. Crom. Alright guys, I'm ready to roll with the heavy metal guy. Alrighty. Ready in Nebraska? I am ready. Ready in Kentucky. We are. In 5, 4, 3, 2. Welcome back everybody to the Savage Cromcast. Season 3, Episode 3. Rattle of Bones. I'm Josh. I'm Luke. And I'm Jonathan. And we are the Cromcast. And we're back to discuss another Solomon Kane tale. Quick and dirty. This Quick is, and dirty. This is a short one. It is. I think it's only what, like five or ten pages? Yeah. You read it on the Kindle and it's it's super short. If if it's I mean, it might just be six pages. Um it's it's very intense. It happens very fast. Uh and so once we get started, we're gonna have to hit the ground running. But before we get started with our buddy SK, Luke, what are you drinking? I uh, started off with one of those West Six Cocoa Porters that we love so well. Mm, delicious. And you had one as well. I did. And we moved over to some of that bourbon that you brought over. What was that called? <laughs> That's the early times. Yeah. Uh, not the ancient age. It burns a little bit. I think that <laughs> I think that should be the tagline for it. It's a little bit hot. What are you drinking, John? I'm. I was feeling English after reading our Solomon Cain story, so I'm actually drinking some Earl Grey tea. Really? Ooh, Hunter. Huh. Yeah, with my pinky up. That's gonna <laughs> that's gonna make your voice sound good. Did you put a splash oh, yeah. of gin in it? I I don't own gin. I don't like gin really. Oh, don't don't give me the whole like <laughs> it, it's because it's clear liquor. No, it's because it tastes like I'm looking up air freshener. <laughs> <laughs> you don't like the 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 pine piney fresh no. if i want to drink liquor i want it to be made out of mostly corn like an american okay <laughs> brown liquor only huh brown liquor well i well, like have clear corn liquor that's you, true you can yeah well i like the and botanicals you die. <laughs> <laughs> luke likes the botanicals i've only had the one gin and tonic that you made me like back in the summer sometime i haven't made up my mind about it i like some gin i like i like whiskey too <laughs> and, I, and I like beer, so and most alcohol. It just depends on the day of the week, <laughs> right? Okay. So, is this episode coming out before or after Christmas? I think it's after Christmas, right? Uh, I don't remember our schedule, but there around it, it will be during yeah. the Christmas tide, the Yule we season, had eggnog or something. We should have had eggnog. It's one thing time, John, <laughs> John, John, John. Me, what, what's I'm your John. what's your one thing? My one thing is uh, I have a confession to make that I really, really love Christmas comic books, and I've been reading through a slew of them lately, and I don't know if you guys like them. I'm guessing Josh might, but that Luke doesn't. <laughs> uh, I've been reading through the Marvel ones lately, and I'm really into the Marvel Holiday Special 2005 and the story, Yes, Virginia, There is a Santatron, wherein a young genius woman turns an old Ultron model into a Santa Claus <laughs> to prove that Santa is real. And it decides that in addition to giving the world toys and Christmas gifts, it is going to destroy the Avengers. 
So it's a pretty fun story. That sounds pretty good. When did that come out? Uh, 2005. I don't know why. What's your one? I I don't know why you said that. I don't like uh, Christmas, dude. Yeah, Christmas, or Christmas comic books. You wouldn't like Christmas comic. <laughs> I don't know if I've rightly read any like Christmas comic books. I think in the show notes, I'm going to include a link to uh, comic book resources, 25 top Christmas comic stories. That we There's should totally do that. You yeah. might like the Batman one where he sings with some carolers, and the spirit of Christmas moves the city of Gotham not to have crime for the night. <laughs> So that they can have a Christmas vacation. That's pretty cool. <laughs> he uh, needed a, a rest. He does. Cool. Well, Josh, Luke, what's your one thing? Oh, are we gonna go with me? Okay, so yes, you. So, so my one thing is a movie I saw just a, a night or so back. Uh, it's called The Rover, and it was directed by David Michaud or Michon. Uh, and it is a super cool uh, Western movie about a man searching for his horse, but it's kind of, uh, you know, done up such that it's a, a man in a post-apocalyptic Australian landscape looking for his car. Uh, so it stars Guy Pierce, and it is a story that takes place like 10 years after the collapse. That's how the movie starts. And it's this, this weird brooding sort of slow burn, uh, I guess dude movie for lack of a better word. Like it's, it's a very sort of brooding movie. It, it really reminds me a lot about the, like the, the themes and that kind of, the kinds of things that are brought up in that, uh, John Hillcoat movie, the proposition that I like so much. So there's, 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 you know, traces of that. There's lots of sort of Cormac McCarthy in this. Uh, you know, you can see like a lot of the same pretty cinematography, like, and things like drive, uh, like those kinds of movies are, or I think if you, if you dig those, then you'll probably dig the Rover. Uh, but basically Guy Pierce is looking for his car. Some, some, some robbers come up, they take his car, they, they bust ass and, and leave out across the outback. And he's able to take their pickup truck that they flipped, hop in it and start pursuing them. And then, uh, What's the fellow's name? Is it? He picks up the sparkly vampire. Right? That's right. That's right. Robert Pat- Robert Robert Pattinson is in this too, and he is a hell of an actor. Both him and Guy Pearce are just are phenomenal. But but Robert Pattinson plays uh, a fellow that that may have uh, a little bit of uh, mental retardation. He's a little bit slow, something like that. Uh, he just you know he's not uh, he he's not a super smart fellow, but at the same time he's this really uh, naive and uh, at times kind of sweet character. Uh, and he is the brother of the robber that stole Guy Pierce's truck. And so basically Guy Pierce and Robert Pattinson end up together chasing the brother and the other couple rob- robbers across this post-apocalyptic Australian landscape and lots of long silent bits punctuated by, by splatter and gunshots and, and bits of violence and lots of brooding. And I loved it. So that's my one thing. <laughs> sounds good. Sounds, sounds like you through and through. <laughs> I say that and not your personality, but the movies that you. <laughs> yeah. It's it, like, like my wife and I were watching it and, and she, she just looked over me at, at me at one point and she's like, this is, this is really boring and weird. <laughs> and I am just like, Shh, I'm watching this, you know, the, the fly that's buzzing around Guy Pierce's face and lands on his nose and Guy Pierce is looking off into the, 
the, the bright outback sunlight and and thinking about things, how they used to be. Remember that evening that we watched There There Will Be Blood and uh, No Country for Old Men in, uh-huh. in one sitting? Yeah. Did you have to split your <laughs> we were we were a little messed up after that, yeah, from what I remember. We were pretty sad. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, that's that's a film that we should definitely check out. We'll have to put a link. Did, so, did you stream that? I we rented it uh, through our cable service package. Okay. You know, one of those whole like rent it now. Yeah. So it is. Uh, it listed it as something that was in theaters, but it already came through here okay. in Kentucky like a month or so back. Okay. Uh, I missed it. It played just a really short like window of time. So okay. it's gone. It's, but you know, it was one of those art, artsy fartsy movies too that wasn't necessarily playing at every theater. Uh, so, so check it out there or, you know, it should be coming out on video here pretty quick. Cool. What's your one thing, dude? Uh, mine's comic book related too. And it started because I picked up both uh, Arkham Asylum and Arkham City for Xbox 360 a couple of months ago. They were on sale for five bucks each. And I thought it was a killer deal, so I got them both. And I played through Arkham Asylum in about three hours. Um, just devoured it. The story's great. It's the, you know, the voice actors are all the, the same voice actors from the old animated series. So Mark Hamill is the Joker. Uh-huh. And... It's just really well done. It's just the the best superhero video game I think I've ever played. And so playing through Arkham Asylum and starting up Arkham City made me want to read some Batman. And so I picked up Arkham Asylum, A Serious House on Serious Earth. I believe that's Grant Morrison's maybe first foray into Batman. Okay. I'm not that certain. Right. Yeah. yeah, I think, you know, it's it's from the, the mid to late 80s. Yeah. So it's pretty old. And I was actually surprised I had never read it before. I remember when you picked it up mm-hmm. and you recommended it. And it really freaked me out. It's the, be- the painted one, right? It's yeah. it's painted all weird. I can't think of who the artist is. The lettering is is really weird and, and scritchy, scritchy and hard to hard to make out, especially the Joker's dialogue. It's it's all in red and real sharp, jagged mm-hmm. edges and stuff. From what I recall, too, like the the Mad Hatter has very crazily crazily written dialogue too. Like it's all it's a mix, of like a jumble of like small caps and and big caps, that kind of thing. Yeah, and you know, it's it's uh, during that scene, Mad Hatter is smoking a hookah, yep. and his dialogue is in the smoke, like in in the yeah. smoke clouds. Um, it, it's just really well done. You know, it it digs at the heart of the, you know, people have played with the theme that Batman is just as crazy as the the villains that he fights against. Right. But I've never seen it done quite so overtly as it, as it's done in this book. So I recommend Arkham Asylum. I know I'm really late to the game. That game's been out, I don't know, probably five years or something at this point. But if you haven't had a chance to play it or maybe... You know, beat 'em up games are just not your your style. It's very arcadey in a mm-hmm. sense. You know, kind of a button masher, but it just there's something cathartic about uh, beating up a bunch of bad guys and then using Batman's rope gun to to cable up onto some watchtower and <laughs> and hide and then jump down and and you know <laughs> just beat up some thugs. It's it's super fun. So I recommend both. I guess I have two things, but they're both called Arkham Asylum. So I'm saying it's one thing. Yeah, I think you're safe. Yeah. You're so, safe. so Batman content, play Arkham Asylum, read Arkham Asylum, a serious house on serious earth. 
Awesome. And as always, one thing is brought to you by Audible.com, right, Josh? Audible.com. If you go to audibletrial.com slash the Chromecast, you, listener, can take the opportunity to sign up for a free trial of Audible, and that comes with a free audiobook of your choosing. You can keep this book forever. You never have to get rid of it. It's yours to keep, and you can choose from over 150,000 titles. There's a ton of content available, and for every person who signs up for a trial through audibletrial.com slash the Chromecast, they kick a little bit of money our way. And so it's a great way for you to get a free audiobook. It's a great way for you to help out the show. So if you want to see what the, the Audible experience is all about, direct your browser to audibletrial.com slash the Chromecast and download your free audiobook now. And we say thank you. And we say thank you. But now it's time to talk about the next adventure in the puritanical lifestyle of Solomon Kane. Exactly. Tonight's story is Rattle of Bones. Luke, do you have the publication information? Yeah, so this was published in Weird Tales, and I what I found on Wikipedia was that it came out in June of 29. And, you know, we already mentioned this is a this is a short little story, but it's pretty cool. It's uh, it's in the, the Black Forest of Germany. Fin- finally, a story not in France, right? <laughs> yeah, just over the, just over the, the country boundary there, we're over here in Germany. And I was a little disappointed there weren't any German words for us to try and read. Yeah, there really weren't any German, German names or words. Ja! <laughs> to ja. stumble over. Karlsruhe. Best. Oh yeah, Karlsruhe. Karlsruhe, which I guess is a city in the Black Forest. I looked that up I, just to see where the hell that was at. Yeah, I thought that it would be like a, a gulag or something, but it was just a town. <laughs> <laughs> And we haven't totally escaped the influence of the French, right? Because uh, Solomon Kane, our hero, is traveling through the Black Forest with a man named Gaston Larmont. Gaston! Gaston! Gaston. And there's a song in one of the Disney movies, like Beauty, yeah, Beauty and, and the Beast. Beauty and the Beast, Gaston. Yeah, no no one drinks like Gaston, no one hits yeah. like Gaston. That's not <laughs> what I thought you were going to say. <laughs> that song is... Uh, I don't know. I want to adapt it for Josh, but not a lot of things rhyme with Josh. Posh. Josh. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's Josh. <laughs> He's so posh. <laughs> well, never mind. I don't want to. Anyway. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, Solomon Kane is walking through the woods with uh, his companion, in I the, guess. In the Schwarzwald. The Schwarzwald? The Schwarzwald of Germany. Gaston, and they're approaching this inn. It's like a tavern. And it has a badass sign. What's the sign look like? It's a it's a skull, but it's cleft. It's like it's been sort of cracked from the top. That's that's at least how I how I interpreted it. And so sure enough, this is the the end of the cleft skull. Yep. Cleft skull tavern. John. Yes. Would you stay at the cleft skull tavern? No, I would have reservations about it for sure. <laughs> well, the innkeeper says uh, those that do stay don't really come back. <laughs> right, <laughs> That's... they often don't come back. Again, yeah. <laughs> that was like that... such a ominous, like uh, hammy kind of delivery. I loved it. <laughs> I know. So they they approach this tavern and knock on the door, and this innkeeper. The illustration for the guy is pretty cool. Yeah. He kind of looks like the ghost of Christmas present, I guess. I'm so glad that you said that because that was my my first reaction to was like, that's the ghost of Christmas present. Yeah. Yeah. He's sort of like I've got a uh, a copy 
of A Christmas Carol on my Kindle. And sure enough, there's a illustration of the ghost of Christmas present that looks just like this guy. But he is not the ghost of Christmas present. He is the ghost of spooky innkeepers present. <laughs> and he opens the little hatch on the door. He says, who are you two? And they tell him their names. And he's he's very cautious, seemingly. But he lets them in. He's going to feed them. And he's just, like, really squirrely the whole time. Right, Luke? <laughs> yeah, from from the way that I kind of read this, he... He's he's short of words. He just says ominous stuff like, hey, did anybody come here, you know, more than once? No, they don't come any more than once. Uh, few, few come twice. And they bring – he brings them food. And the way I interpret it, like he's just sort of standing over them watching them eat. Yeah, exactly. He <laughs> can't stand a staring contest with Solomon Cain. Yeah. Yeah, he's standing over by the fireplace and the, the flames are casting this shadowy light. Uh, yeah, he's almost bestial looking. Yeah. And Solomon Cain's like, well, I'm going to bed. <laughs> <laughs> and and so the like host this. shows them to their room. There is no lock. Uh, and and Cain and Gaston are in there, and they decide that they're going to, after the innkeeper leaves them, they're going to go see if they can search maybe to find another another door that can be barred or something like that, right? Yeah. So there there is a place on the door for a bar. Mm-hmm. But there's no bar. Yeah. So they talk amongst themselves and decide, hey, that innkeeper was pretty crazy. And Solomon Kane says, I usually sleep with a pistol in my hand anyway, but it makes sense for us to lock the door, I suppose. Because um, I don't like getting killed in my sleep. Isn't that one thing he says? Yeah. Uh, I like not being murdered in my sleep. Yeah. I like that, too. Yeah. I think we're all pro that. <laughs> So they go to another room to look for uh, a board or something. And after they discuss, well, maybe we could just tear this table up and use it. No, no, no. Maybe one of these other rooms has one. So we'll just go look. And they kind of discuss the fact that that the pistol thing is why Kane felt comfortable sleeping in the same room as a stranger. But then Kane says, I do recognize you for some reason. I'm just not quite sure how. And in my mind, I imagine there was like a wanted poster right behind the guy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that he, he kind of looked like, but he had its hat on, so Solomon Kane couldn't quite recognize him. Right. Yeah. So what do they find in this other room? So they find like a – they go into the other room, and there's a bar that would be useful for barring the door. But there's also like a another bolt that's on the wall, right, or something like that. And It's like a secret room. Yeah. So they, they pull on – let's see here. They find a bar, and it's bolted to the wall. Yeah, it says it's made fast, and he tugs at it, and of course, the the secret door opens. Yeah, the the noise from The Legend of Zelda plays. And there's a skeleton. The walls are all stained with blood, right? Yeah, that's pretty ominous. It looks like there's been a tussle in this room. It's grisly. And so the secret door opens, they look inside, and they find a skeleton that's been chained to the floor. A bony dude, his legs shackled. Like straight to the floor, uh, and Gaston makes makes light of this. He's like, "Oh, you know, Mon Dieu! <laughs> look, his skull is cleft. <laughs> Isn't that bizarre? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that the name he of does, this like, end? puppetry with this, the thing? <laughs> yeah, he he notices the chain and takes the chain off the thing's uh, leg and says, "Now you're free, Monsieur Skeleton." <laughs> <laughs> and of course, Kane, being the sourpuss, says. You know, basically, you shouldn't you shouldn't be playing with with such things. Uh, no good will come of mocking the dead. But Gaston, the he's, dead should defend themselves. Laughed Lamar. <laughs> he's 
he's a he's a mocking kind of fellow. Yeah, he's pretty jovial. He makes light of a lot of things. These two don't seem like they would be close friends. They are strange uh, bedfellows. They are strange bedfellows. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so anyway, Solomon Kane's like, ah, well, let's leave this room. And he turns to go. And then he feels the icy coldness of a blade at his throat. Of a pistol up, up against his brain. Oh, it's a pistol. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. It is the pistol. Touch of cold the, uh, steel against his neck, and he knew that a pistol muzzle was pressed close beneath the base of his brain. That was the director's cut that you were that you were thinking of. Yeah, I don't know what I was thinking of. It was it was you know just the the alternate version. <laughs> <laughs> Solomon Kane. Uh, Solomon finally recognizes his his strange bedfellow. Oh, yeah, He's Gaston the Butcher. Gaston the Butcher. What a cool name. How the how the hell do you forget that? That sounds yeah. like such a vile, uh, you know, uh, just scoundrel, like a rascal. He's got one of those faces that blends in, like he's he's an any man, but he's he must have some sort of crazy haircut. No, he says something like, "I I recognize you now without the hat on." <laughs> yeah, but why without the hat on? I like exactly. He must he must have just like some some insane like he's got a uh, a mohawk. <laughs> tucked up underneath this tricorn or something. And I like the part where he says, fool that I was to trust a Frenchman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. I know. You get the sense that uh, Howard likes to use French people as villains. Yeah, I guess so. So anyway, Gaston the Butcher has revealed himself and he's saying, you know, I, I was going to rob you later, but Hey, the opportunity's here now, so I'm gonna just kill you and put you in this room with a skeleton and take your stuff, and maybe I'll kill the innkeeper too. I don't know. And then out of nowhere, his skull is cleft. Yep, he's his skull gets cleft too. Kersplat. And brains who, everywhere. Who did it? Because I thought what was gonna happen was the skeleton was gonna get the guy. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was. That's what I was predicting. But but who is it, John? The innkeeper. The oh. innkeeper. We don't have a name for the innkeeper, do we? No. Nope. George. <laughs> George. Grommel. <laughs> George the Melon Cleaver melon. steps Ooh, out. I like it. Why do they call him the Melon Cleaver? He cleaves melons. <laughs> this is this is gold. <laughs> this is silly. Uh, at any rate, the the innkeeper chops down uh, Gaston. He's out of the picture. And now the innkeeper is raving, right? He's kind of a madman. Yeah. <laughs> he just goes bonkers. And what's he talking about? He was thrown in prison, you know, but he was innocent. And, and you know, that, that's not fair. He rotted away and nobody helped him. And now he's going to get his revenge on the world. He's going to murder the whole world in his stupid little head. Yeah, exactly. He, he uh, I, I think he has the quote that says, all men are my foes. So he's 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 all Norman Batesy here. Like he's the innkeeper that that just like, you know, makes <laughs> makes the the visitors disappear because he's just got this compulsion to to kill. He's craziness. That would have made this story for me if he came out dressed as his mom to murder <laughs> Solomon King. <laughs> you know, I didn't even put together that this was kind of a proto psycho. But it is. It's <laughs> It is. It's. It's just crazy how well 
I was going to say it's crazy how crazy it gets, but it just goes bonkers. It goes from just <laughs> a little bit, a little bit, uh, unsettling to bonkers in like the space of a paragraph. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> this one goes to 11. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does. So this guy has evidently he's killed many people. He's fed them to the wolves in the black forest. Uh, but this one guy, this Russian sorcerer, he, he knew that if he didn't do something, the sorcerer would come to life and kill him. And in order to keep the, the skeleton of this sorcerer from roaming the hallways um, and potentially killing him, he chained him to the floor. And so now we see, and we'll talk about it in a second, I guess, but I, I did not consider the fact that the skeleton had been chained to the floor after he was dead. Right. I just thought okay. that th this guy died in this room because he was chained down. Yeah, I like guess he got starved to death in a room or something. Yeah, like I, I didn't put together. It, you know, I know that Gaston was saying, you know, the the this is a silly use for a chain. Well, why would you have to chain a dead man down? But I kind of thought, well, that's that's sort of stupid, man. Well, like, well, this guy died in here. He's chained down, and then he died. But no, we we actually get from the innkeeper that the skeleton was chained down after the fact, so he would not reanimate and start killing. Yeah. I like this world that Solomon Kane lives in where where uh the dead walk. Yeah. Like, <laughs> where a necromancer can get his revenge by hacking having his hand hacked off. Uh where if you kill, you know, a family member, they're gonna come back and start wreaking havoc. Like this is a a very uh old world like mythological kind of kind of situation. Yeah, and we've also got some uh spirit projection and and animating dead bodies with your own anima or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, so there's a lot of really cool black magic, I guess, that happens in these Kane stories that it is it is definitely more mystical overall than the Conan stories, I think, because in a lot of the Conan right. stories, we get this scientific explanation for how wizards can do what they're doing. So in my dream of dreams, this skeleton is Rasputin. I was going to ask you about that, and I actually I was not sure when Rasputin was around, but he's like early 1900s, right? Yeah, it, this doesn't line up, but I hope that now that he's free, he like gets his skin back and stuff. Yeah, and that goes to Russia, and then goes back to Russia, and then hangs yeah. out for a couple hundred years, and then yeah, and then has sex with the empress and such. Yeah, know? becomes the you know how he do the vizier of you know for the uh. Uh, the king. Exactly. So, one other movie comparison here that that I thought of, like whenever Gaston is raving, crazy or not Gaston, but the the, the innkeeper, innkeeper, whenever he's just raising or like just raging along, uh, he said something happened to my brain then I became as the wolf, a brother to those all of the black forest to which I fled when I escaped. I, whenever he used that term, like I became the wolf, I thought of that movie, uh, mystic river. Okay. Uh, which a little bit of spoilers. There's, there's a, a man that's, that's potentially a killer who, <laughs> who has, uh, like some molestation in his, in his background. And he, he talks about like this feral fear that, that consumes him. And just for some reason, I don't know if it's just the, the fact that he said, like, I became as a wolf. It really made me think of that. Uh, but I think that's a beautiful bit of imagery. Cause at that point I was like, oh, well, is he, is he a werewolf? I didn't know if that's the, the road that we were going down, but, 
but he just really meant that in a in sort of a you know a, a figurative sense, a metaphoric yeah. sort of way. And I, when he said wolf, it made me start thinking that okay, so this guy. We don't know if we take him at his word, then he was wrongly accused of some crime. He spent some time in this horrible prison. He made his way, managed to get out of it, made his way to this this tavern where he took up the role of of innkeeper. And now he's meeting out this vengeance on people who may or may not deserve it. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, clearly Gaston the Butcher probably had it coming. Right. Yeah. But, you know, maybe this sorcerer was just a dude who really was into you know, learning forbidden knowledge. And, probably not. He was probably an evil guy. But, <laughs> uh, but this guy is meeting out vengeance in the same way that Solomon Cain is meeting out vengeance. That's cool. I didn't think about that. So why, why uh, you know, I looked at him as clearly he's the bad guy. Cain hasn't killed anybody in the story yet. This guy has killed at least two people that we know of. But really, he's doing the same thing that Solomon Cain does. I think you've hit on the big theme that I I wanted to hit on, which was another, like every story so far has been about revenge or vengeance of some sort. And again, we're seeing like the mirror darkly for Solomon Cain, just because he goes around and kills bad guys. He's the hero, but you know, a twist, a twist of fate here. And maybe he's the innkeeper uh, slaughtering people in their beds at night. You know, he's, he's just a crazy murderer guy. Basically he is the wolf, right? We've yeah. heard that comparison yeah, he for Solomon Kane. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so yeah, that's, that's sort of what I was thinking at this point that was that this innkeeper is Solomon Kane in a different light. And so, yeah, so we get a, we get a pretty quick wrap up here, right? The, the innkeeper, the innkeeper is just, 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 just going bonkers, just sort of raving, and we're getting bits and pieces of a story. But, you know, how we don't know how believable it is, but, you know, what happens next, Josh? What happens next is this guy is standing partly in the doorway where the skeleton was formerly chained down, and he doesn't know that the skeleton's chains have been removed. In the shadows. Yeah, and he's still got a weapon pointed at Solomon Kane. But he's standing close enough that if somebody were in that room, they could reach out and get him, and sure enough, Something grabs him and drags him into the room, and Solomon Kane peeks in there, and he sees something pretty horrific. The host of the Cleft Skull lay lifeless on the floor of the secret room, his bestial face set in lines of terrible fear, and deep in his broken neck were sunk the bare finger bones of the sorcerer's skeleton. That's pretty cool, and that's the that's the way our story wraps up. Merry Christmas, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, if if you give vengeance as a gift, someone might actually draw your name in the vengeance white elephant exchange. Yeah. And then <laughs> and then they'll give that vengeance right back to you. <laughs> so yeah, after this, Solomon he just sort of walks back down the stairs, down to the, the common room, pours himself a, a bowl of, of porridge, you know, <laughs> cracks another cask of ale. He just has a couple beers, sleeps Does next he to drink? the fire. Have we seen him drink? We, I don't think so. He's probably a teetotaler. Yeah, yeah he you called teetotaler. me on it. Yeah, he probably doesn't. He probably drinks like apple cider. Yeah, <laughs> water only, warm salt water. Salt water. Salt water. <laughs> I want my porridge with no sugar. No sugar. <laughs> no butter. <laughs> Plain. <laughs> so yeah, that was the the. The Chromecast ending to the story with with Solomon Kane doing that. <laughs> Basically, it just ends with 
Solomon Kane observing this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you put a, almost like a Cormac McCarthy <laughs> sort of spin on it. Like he goes down, he starts eating the porridge. It it tastes bitter in his mouth, and he looks at the fire. The embers are dying, and then it just goes off. Yeah, fade to black. Fade to black. Directed yeah. by the Chromecast. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. So, what did you guys think of this story? I thought it was a lot like uh, the right hand of doom in the whole Solomon Kane's in a bar and ultimately something weird with something that should be dead strangles the bad guy to death. Yeah. Uh, it, it read to me a lot like an EC comic or a creepy comic or even like a Twilight Zone episode. I think that it would have played out well like that. So it was it was fun. Not the, the greatest story we've read of Solomon Kane so far, but but fun. Okay. I love these, these little morality plays that we're seeing. Like, you know, this, this isn't an amazing plot. Uh, but, but there's some meat on the bones <laughs> that are rattling here, like what we're able to talk about. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I think that this story, uh, you know, every story that we read starring Solomon Kane, we get a little bit more insight into who he is based upon the events that happened to him. But we get very little exposition from him and very, very little uh, of his own thought processes. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, You know, he's he often can't believe what he's seeing, but yet these supernatural events keep happening. And I like the fact that all this vengeance, I mean, that is the theme of Solomon Cain, if there is one so far, vengeance and what it does to people. That's why that's the road we're on. That is why that's the road we're on. Yeah, there's, there, there is a purpose to that name. We always choose well. <laughs> I think so, too. Um, so, yeah, it's a very short story. It's one that uh, hits the ground running. There's only three characters, I guess, plus the, the Russian sorcerer, um, who is the foil at the end. And, yeah, it's... it's there's power in it, though. I I really think... Like what uh, John said, this really did remind me of a, a Tales from the Crypt kind of kind of episode. You know, like this is something. Yeah. This would be a killer short film that somebody could put together. You could almost already, from what we've seen, you already have like two tight little stories uh, for a trilogy of terror about Solomon Kane. If you wanted to do, you know, uh, this one, the Right Hand of Doom. Yeah, yeah, the Right Hand of Doom, and then Rattle of Bones. Like, I'm sure we're going to come across another one that would just tie right into this. This is awesome. I'm sure. Uh, I do, I think, like the stories where Solomon Kane plays a bit uh, more of an active role. Um, here, he's just sort of an observer again. Right. Uh, but, yeah, I, I can't stress how cool I think that, you know, the, the innkeeper and his quest for vengeance against everyone he comes across. Uh, how much that mirrors Solomon Kane and his own lifestyle. I, you know, that, that is really cool. And, um, I, I can't wait to see where this character goes. Did you get a chance to see the comic book adaptation in our saga of Solomon Kane book? Yep. This one is a, uh, Howard Chaykin illustrated. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty Did you good. think that, uh, Chaykin drew Solomon Kane a little bit like a young Bruce Campbell? He does kind of look like a young Bruce Campbell, I suppose. I think. Chaykin can't help but like draw powerful chins on all his men in his art. It always, I'm always <laughs> impressed with the chins. That, that is cleft. That is a cleft yeah. chin. Yes. Yeah. Page like, 89. I, you know, we always think of Kane as like this 
puny Puritan kind of wiry guy, and he looks very manly and taut in the in the Chaken art. Page eighty nine, panel five. I am no foe of yours. That is Bruce Campbell saying that. <laughs> Said my chin. <laughs> Said my chin. <laughs> anyway, yeah, this this was adapted very well in the saga of Solomon Kane, uh, produced by Dark Horse Comics. Uh, if you guys out there listening don't have this collection, we highly recommend it. There's some really good art. Yeah, we were flipping through it, uh, Josh and I were, just before we started recording. And there's, like, a lot of the, the line art from these comics just seems to just jump off the page in this this black and white edition. Like, it seems like that kind of art's really made for it. Yeah. Uh, this, you know, I would love to see an ongoing Solomon Kane series completely drawn and written by Mike Mignola. Just the way there yeah. are tons of, of shadows and, and the way that light sort of works in these panels uh, would lend itself very well to his style. Yeah. All right, dudes. Let's uh, let's wrap this up. We uh, we just hammered out Rattle of Bones. Yeah, absolutely. We This was a short one. But, you know, I, I think it's good that we just sort of knock it out, keep it short, and keep this train rolling down the road of vengeance. Yeah. What do we have coming up next? So we have a couple fragments, actually, some some stories that that Howard did not wrap up. We've got the Castle of the Devil and Death's Black Riders, which are the next two stories within the Del Rey edition that we're following. Okay, uh, you know, I don't, I don't guess we've we've talked about how we're going to tackle those exactly, but we have mentioned that at least uh, Castle of the Devil was wrapped up by Ramsey Campbell. Mm-hmm. So so maybe we'll read through that in its entirety. Uh, but regardless, I know that both Josh and I have copies of the, the Dark Horse uh, House of the Devil that we can, or rather, I keep saying, did I say House of the Devil House before? of the Devil. That's that's that yeah. movie, though, that we've talked about so many <laughs> yeah. times. Castle of Castle the Devil. Castle of the Devil. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so there's the Dark Horse, uh, Solomon Kane, uh, trade paperback Castle of the Devil that we have to pull from. That we're gonna that we're gonna work with too. So we'll tackle that. Yeah. So next time on the Chromecast, uh, we'll talk about some fragments. Uh, talk about Ramsey Campbell. This is the first yeah. time that guy has really come up on the show. Yeah. This uh, would be like a an apocrypha type episode, right? We're gonna get into some weird stuff. Yeah, we're gonna get into weird stuff. John, we're always into weird stuff. <laughs> <laughs> we are into weird stuff. <laughs> that's, Just ask I, our wives. That yeah. is that's the Chromecast T-shirt right there. The Chromecast. We're into some weird stuff. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> you got anything else out there, buddy? Oh, uh, I hope that the listeners will share with us what they think of this story and the season so far on the blog or on the Facebook page. Uh, I think it's great to always interact with all those folks out there. Absolutely. Uh, we love hearing from you. You can call us if you like. Uh, the number is 859-429-CROM. You can leave us a voicemail if you don't want to call, if there's uh, rates and you don't want to pay them. You can record some comments as an MP3, uh, shoot them as an attachment toward our, toward us. We'll play it on the show. Uh, you can email us at thecromcast at gmail.com. We have a presence on Twitter at thecromcast, and we're on Facebook, facebook.com slash the Chromecast. Yeah, we keep it locked down on the internet. Man, we have a social networking army of three people. Working tirelessly. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. posting things on the internet. <laughs> tirelessly. <laughs> Whenever we're 
on the Facebook page. Whenever we think about it. <laughs> so we hope you guys enjoyed this jaunt down the road of vengeance with Solomon Kane, and we'll see you next time with Castle of the Devil. Bye, bye, bye. Bye, bye. Bye, bye, bye. <laughs> Was that your Backstreets Boys? Backstreets. <laughs> Backstreets Boys. Was that boys? your Backstreets Boys? <laughs> I'm an old man. <laughs> you got them on your iPhones? <laughs>